0: Good morning, it's Ken Walls. Welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'd like to, um, man, I, I'll tell you, today I have somebody freaking amazing on, as I do every day, but today I have a very special guest. She's, she's. Um, we have some things in common. I'll just leave it at that, but um, she's an amazing woman, CEO, entrepreneur. I want to welcome Tamara Thompson to the show. Tamara, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, Ken. Thanks so much for having me on your show. I was like, Yes,
0: I'm so in. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, I um I started this show, you know, I, I I spent a long, long time, a large part of my life being a taker <laughs> and 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 I've learned that there's a lot more magic in life when you can give And, and, you know, so I, I, I started this show with the, um, the hope that I would be able to bring people on who have amazing stories, who are entrepreneurs, um, that, that have been through the ups and downs in life and, and, and came out on top after all the crap. So, um, and I think you've probably had a couple little mishaps here and there.
1: Yeah, you know, just a couple. <laughs> I think it's, it's, you know, we have, we continuously have these though. Like, no matter what level you are at in life and business, you continuously hit challenge. You know, you're like, Oh, I hit this, this, you know, speed bump. And then all of a sudden you're at another level and you're like, Yes, I made it through. And then you're like, Oh man, now there's this, you know, so it's always ever changing, right? <laughs>
0: right, right. My, my, uh, my good friend, um, Lisa Copeland posted something in her private group the other day that shows the roller coaster, the up and the down like, Yes, like I'm lines. Yeah. Like, I'm brilliant, I'm so smart, I made it and then boom, it goes down, and you're like, Oh God, I'm going bankrupt <laughs> You know. It's like So that's that's the, the life of being an entrepreneur, but you know, so um I'd like to kind of start out with like where you were born and raised. Let's tell everybody all about you.
1: Yeah, so um, I was born in Bellevue, Washington, which is the east side of Seattle, and basically lived the first 35 years of my life in Seattle. I uh, went to. I I was in the fitness industry for about eight years. I was hit by a car and was severely injured. Gained eighty five pounds, and then I almost felt like I was a fraud because then I'm, here I am as a trainer that couldn't play basketball anymore in college. I had a scholarship, and my health went down. Um, there, wow. A lot of things shifted, and so yeah I felt really weird being in the fitness industry because I had um, a severe sprain to my ankle and was depressed and things like that and so but I wasn't really happy in the fitness industry at the time because uh, I'm a major creative and uh, when YouTube came out in two thousand and five, I started creating silly YouTube videos but we'll we'll go back a little bit because um I, I'm a CEO of a, a video production company, a very creative video production company that creates, uh, connects, and inspires through storytelling uh, called Serious Take Productions. And people always ask me like where I started with like video cameras, and it was actually back when I was like age seven when my dad bought our first uh, video camcorder when my, my brother was born. Wow. So, yeah, a lot of, lot of cool stuff. But yeah, Seattle, Washington, and my journey kind of starts there um, mm-hmm. for video, but my entrepreneurial journey started later in life. <laughs>
0: wow you know see that's something else we have in common i i i put the very first realtor um walkthrough video on a website in columbus ohio i I was the very first person to do that it was before youtube right so um and i love creative video stuff i love it so that's that's awesome so so um and I lived in Seattle for years.
1: That's what you were saying. <laughs> There's all
0: these <laughs> parallels. Beautiful. But, yeah, I love Seattle. I, In fact, when I left Seattle and came back to Ohio, I said, um, I said to myself, Self, you're going to retire in Seattle someday after all the traffic is gone. <laughs> it just keeps coming. <laughs> it's insane. I've never seen traffic like that in my life, ever. Like, it, I, I, I tell... I tell people when you book an appointment with somebody to go visit them in Seattle, like you're supposed to be there at 11 o'clock in the morning or something, like they anticipate automatically that you're going to be 30 minutes late. <laughs> because yeah. traffic's so ridiculous. I've never seen anything like it. But anyway, so so you grew up in Seattle. Did, did you end up going to college
1: so yeah, so I went to school about three different times. So first I went to school because um, I got a scholarship for basketball. So I went to community college to okay. just get my AA. Where my uh, all my friends were going to four-year college at the time, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I didn't, and I was paying for my own college. Uh, I got scholarships. I worked really hard. I was that that uh, student and teenager growing up that worked really hard to buy my own cars to pay for what I wanted. My my parents instilled that in me uh, to be able to do that. So I I went to community college, and then I didn't know where I wanted to go, so I started uh, working with kids in the early childhood education uh, departments through the YMCA for about four years. Then I shifted to fitness, and then I went back to school for fitness. Wow. Uh, And then after that, I was really unhappy, and I started creating silly YouTube videos. And I built a channel that had over 800,000 views at the time. And wow. I, ended up, <laughs> I ended up deleting it, and people were always like, why? And I thought to myself, well, I want to go back to school. So I went back to school at the Seattle Art Institute for filmmaking because I wanted people to take me more seriously as a filmmaker. Gotcha. I started getting mentorship, hence where Serious Take Productions came to play because – I wanted to be a serious filmmaker instead of this silly, you know, YouTube, you know, video person at the time. Right. Right. So I, should, I should have just kept it up there because it shows my personality, my wittiness and things like that. and The crazy things that I was doing, singing, singing with my hairbrush, whatever it was. Hey, <laughs> right yeah. And so, yeah, I literally just um, you kind of made that decision, went back to our film school at age 29 and a lot of my life shift after that. Um, I won't go into super details, but my life really did shift. I I talked to you off screen and I sobered up at age 30. So after I decided to go back to school, um, I was... My 20s was a whirlwind, basically. I was spinning around in circles. Um, I was very depressed, and I literally just hit rock bottom. I was getting in trouble with the law, with drinking a lot, um, and then these officers would pull me over and tell me I'm what they call a seasoned alcoholic, and so at a young age, so somebody wow. that could ha- handle like 12 beers and still be fully coherent and be able to pass sobriety tests on the road and, you know, different things like that. So my life was just going really crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I mean, I can go into that story, but I mean, there's a lot that goes into what I do, what I do and why I am so strong now, because I actually did go through um, house arrest. I did go through jail. I, I was in jail for three months. I, you know, I had an interlock device on my car for years. I, all these things that were um, mountain to me because I was pulled over multiple times, and luckily I didn't uh, hurt any anyone or myself through any accidents. Through right. my journey, there was a big six years in my twenties that I just didn't really care, and I just was spiraling downward before the next part of my journey in my thirties. Which the thirties are so much better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, but you know, I I, um, I wrote a book called called Walls of Wisdom, turning pain into profit. And and you know the the thing is, and it's not just about profiting financially; it's profiting in every other way. Um, the money follows once you are once spiritually. The people
1: you inspire. It you know, I'm yeah. very spiritual yeah. as well, and and um, I I've had these moments where I'm just like, what was that? That was definitely a higher being because I'm yeah. literally pushed on the ground, like things that I can't even explain um, that have come into my life that have shifted my mindset in, in different situations. Um, so it was really interesting when I when I first sobered up because um, it got to the point where I had to remove everybody from my life that was in my life other yeah. than my My close family, Um, I was dealing with a stepfather who was an uh, abusive alcoholic uh, because during that time I had to move back home with my mom and live with my stepdad, but he was uh, beating her and, you know, things happened there. And so, you know... this emotions going on and still trying to get away from alcohol and this disease, but having it right there in your space and not yeah. being able to really do much about it. Uh, it was just uh, it was, it was a crazy journey. I went, I, they called me the miracle miracle girl in the courtroom. <laughs> not, that, not that I was like something that like, I, t- I don't take it for granted by any means, but, um, I kept going in and, and I, was, I went to court four different times for four different issues and luckily I had uh, one, one that was a deferred prosecution, what anyone that's in the legal industry will understand, but one that was um, uh, basically convicted, then one that was a deferred. And so after this weird thing happened with one of the cases, uh, I came into the courtroom and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to jail and I'm going to jail for at least a year. That was my thought. And I walked into this courtroom and I thought to myself, this is interesting. I'm like, who's this judge? Like I didn't know this judge and the judge there was very, the, the regular one was very hard, harsh. And it was this female judge and then she came in and then the prosecuting attorney hadn't given information to my, my attorney about how the other cop that was on site was fired for fraudulent claims. So it opened doors and all of a sudden this court, this case was dismissed Oh my god! and he's god. like, You are just just on fire (laughs) but then three years later I was pulled over again and I was like oh no I'm I'm screwed (laughs) I'm really screwed and so literally my life was like oh flash before my eyes and it was the first time that I actually wanted help yeah I I actually wanted help and so what happened was I literally actually spoke up in court this time so I go in there and my attorneys like you can speak or you can be quiet I was like, I'm gonna speak. <laughs> like I was, I went back to school because it- at this point, I went back to school for filmmaking. I'd been going for about a year.
0: So you were um, ha- what, 29 so- at this point?
1: Yeah, 29. Okay. So I was th- pulled over the third time. It um, basically, I-, I sobered up the day I I was last pulled over, and actually quit smoking cigarettes as well, cold turkey. And I'd been smoking for 10 years, and wow. that was that was harder for me. It was weird. Yeah, I I was like scared into sobriety, and then like. You know, just okay. Just stop everything you're doing. Just stop. <laughs> like, wow. you like I'm gonna like, either kill myself or somebody else. Yeah. And, and so yeah, it was interesting. I went went back into this round, and this guy, uh, I was I was getting straight A's in school, even though it was something that was really hard on me. I was I was drinking in the day. I was drinking in the night. I was drinking before I went to classes. It was really bad. Like I was getting straight A's, but I was still depressed. If that made any sense. <laughs> yeah. But I um basically. Yeah, I went and turned that around, though, because I went and I said I had – I knew I was going to be put in jail, and so I went and quit one of my other jobs. I got a nanny job, and I went and talked to them, and I told them my situation. I said, I'm going to approach them because nobody in Seattle history has done this ever. I went and approached the court and said, I see that in this district down the way you have work release. Um I, I want to be able to to keep going to school and, and keep a job and keep income. I have straight As i'm I'm compliant with my treatment, you know, I'm actually taking it seriously. I'm going to meetings three or four times five times a week. And so basically the judge like I was crying. I was just like really emotional and I said, hey, um, I was like, I, I know that you've never allowed this ever, and this isn't even within your court's jurisdiction, but I would love to be able to find a way that I can do work release, sleep in the jail, you know, stay there on the weekends, whatever it is, but still continue to my education and work. And he just sat there and he looks down and he looks up and my attorney's like, you can try, but I'm not like, it <laughs> yeah. looks down and it's like, it's like I'm sweating and I'm just like, Oh my gosh. You know? So he looks up and he's like, "Miss Thompson. He's like, he's like, I've never done this. And I don't think anyone's ever done this in any of the courtrooms. He's like, but I'm gonna grant you this wish but do know that if you mess up on anything you will get the full sentence and you'll be thrown right back and he's like it, he's like as long as it's on your own expense I'm gonna let you do this so $3,500 a month basically for paying rent to live in jail
0: oh <laughs> my three, gosh
1: for three months <clears throat> but it allowed me my sanity to to enough that I was able to be released three days a week um, my choice of work and school so it wasn't a lot but it just allowed me to to not be within that space where i saw everything else going up people coming down from meth being thrown in and people like you were in the space with like 10 12 other women and so if somebody got sick everybody got sick you know if somebody got yeah. in a fight the rest of them got in a fight wow <laughs> but luckily luckily my fitness industry <laughs> um, yeah
0: paid off my
1: paid off because I did squats and lunges and, and all these things and tricep dips off the, the bunk beds and everything. Yeah. It, they, like, looked at me as a tough girl because <laughs> I was like, I'm not going <laughs> to smile. <laughs> and I'm taller. <laughs> I was like 5'9". <laughs> so it was like, uh, a like crazy, crazy there's, time. There's, there,
0: have you ever heard or seen um, the comedian – he's a recovering comedian, Mark Lundholm?
1: I've, I've heard of him.
0: So he, he has – he talks about – there's, 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 uh, you know, there's only two ways you do, you can, uh, do jail time. He's like, one, you go in, you look at your shoes, you don't make eye contact with anybody, you do your time, you get out. The other way is you go in, you find the biggest, baddest dude in the place, and you walk up and you just, you bam, friend. punch him in the face. And Worth now, <laughs> he's like, now he is going to whip the crap out of you. But when you come out of your coma, nobody's ever going to mess with you because they're going to think, man, he's crazy. And then he, he says, um, and all, you know, the normal people sitting in here are going, or, Mark, there's another way. How about you don't do anything that makes you go to jail? <laughs> right? so, That's a good oh, start. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. So, you know, um I Like we have, again, a lot in common. I understand the insanity. I completely can relate to it. So, you know, let me ask you, like, let's back up a little bit and mm-hmm. talk about, because look, I know being a recovered alcoholic myself, I know that there's always, you know, and, and it's not, I don't see it all as bad anymore. I used to. And I took... it,
1: it made my journey, and it's right. something that I actually tie into my why. Right, It's all about the story that you share. Like I, when I go into details with events and things like that, I don't always dive into the whole yeah. nitty gritty. But right, when people right, are right. like, "Oh, you're almost eight years sober," you know, like there's a reason of my why because right. of the things I went through. So it very much is alignment with people that are creating a story and experience, but pushing through these hard, hard breakthroughs, basically.
0: Well, like, so as a, uh, you know, I, I think that everybody has something, an event, people, um, things that occur during childhood that kind of um, push us into what and who we become as adults. And I'm talking good and bad. So when, you know, when you, when you reflect on that, I'm sure that as soon as I said that, something popped in your head. Probably negative, but I want to hear about the positive stuff too. So, you know what? What do you feel? Um, what do you feel kind of pushed you into who you became as an adult from from childhood? Mm. And I'm not talking about childhood. blame, and and you know I'm talking about well, what. Well, my childhood
1: wasn't. Um, my childhood wasn't something that was. I was. I was spoiled. I was given everything. I had parents that cared, but they also uh, taught us the value of the dollar and made my brother and I go out and get jobs at 15. And my childhood was was actually good. Um, it wasn't that that I was dealing with. Um, myself, uh was my sexuality. So I was, um, I have a partner and I've been with her for over five years. Um, and that was something that That people when I go deep dive into my story um, the reasoning I was you know hit by a car you know at age 24 and I gained all this weight was because it was the day after I was dumped by my first love that I was hiding
0: oh wow! so
1: so there's a huge like like again there's like well multiple stories within stories so I was I didn't come out till I was 25 so I've been out for about 12 years now but that was a chain reaction of things that happened. So, right. like the places that I was coming from uh, when I was drunk was an LGBT uh, bars and things like that, where I felt like I was comfortable to come out because during that time it's 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 more acceptable now. Um, right. I'm very much uh, I'm I'm more on the side of like entrepreneurship. I don't see myself uh, positioned to put in this uh, group or fa- right. facade. Like you don't see me out there like at pride parades. Waving rainbow flags—that's just not me. Right. I'm more like I'm work on business. My best friends are, you know, my my best friends are straight and entrepreneurs. You right. know, I'm I'm not out doing all these other things. So what happens with with me in regards to what people think or judge, like that was where my story really began, and that's where it really like tied me up because I didn't feel like I had anyone to talk to. Uh, so when I finally did. They were at the bars and people understood and then I started drinking. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then all these things spiraled. So it wasn't really from my childhood that that really spun out. It was like my me trying to come across like mine was more like being in middle school and high school. I was actually bullied uh, by people because people would figure it out, you know, because I was the, the giving type of person. So if I tried to figure out if I liked someone, like it was very awkward to me because it's not normal in, in that sense at that time. And so I would give gifts or you know try to befriend somebody because I didn't know how to react. Right. So it was really really hard. Like I just I was bullied by um, this was crazy in seventh grade. I was cornered in the locker room by ninth graders, uh, by three girls, and one of them actually ended up becoming. I, I knew I could just tell she was a soccer player. She had like baggy shorts and stuff, and I was like. I'm like, you're picking on me to cover up your own self.
0: <laughs> oh, jeez. She,
1: she came out later. And, oh, um, wow. So I, was like, I, I was the awkward one. I was the girl that was shy. I'm like totally not shy anymore. Right. I'm like a total extrovert. Um, I think because I was bullied so much growing up. And then high, by the time I hit high school, I was in the popular groups so that I could hop to any group. Yeah. Because so I could just kind of like a chameleon. You could just like mesh with different people. Yeah. By that point of going through bullying, I didn't really tell my family because I didn't know how to. And so that was really, that was my part of my childhood that was hard because my mom later on in life, when she found out, my cousin was the one that outed me to everyone. We literally, I think it was a point in my life where I was like, I just need to tell somebody. So, and I knew he had a big mouth. So.
0: Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) It was like a a conversation we had in a car within five minutes. I told him about me and I was like, he's going to, it's going to be a domino effect. And he's told Told my family, and then I didn't have to do anything. Uh, so it was very intriguing. But he, um, my mom was like, "Why didn't you feel like you had the need to, to tell me anything?" And I said, "Because I don't want to be this. I don't want to be this because of the norm of everyone. My feelings, like I didn't didn't want to be, you know, gay. I didn't want to be this. Right. Um, but then I learned to accept myself, <clears throat> and then my traits and my strong points of." of believing in God and everything else like God accepts us for who we are and and for our sins like he's died on the cross for 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 us you know right. and so doesn't mean I'm not a a a, ba- a good you know bad person you know not a good person it's right. just things in my life that was like all right i go from this 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 now i'm just very much a focused strong female entrepreneur and that's who i see myself now
0: so well i i personally think you're freaking amazing and you know i there was some some whack job and 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 he's a popular whack job too but he's 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 on on facebook and he's just you know weird and he said he posts something about you know, if you, if you in any way support gays and blah, 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 all this stuff the other day and, that you can unfriend me now. And I'm like, what, you, what is this what 19 freaking <laughs> 10? What the hell are you? What? I, so I blocked him. I, I, I had this long thing, like, cause I have a lot of friends that are, I'm not gay, but I have a lot of friends that are. And I don't like what, how in the world can a person, like, it's it just, it's so, it's it's actually 1,000% opposite of what the Bible talks about, but whatever, you know, to, to well, each their own.
1: Yeah, no, it's very intriguing because, like, you talk about, like, thou shalt not judge and, like, you know, to each their own here because we're, we're not throwing our sexuality, well, not me. <laughs> right, <laughs> There's people right. out there that are out and about right. and crazy, but I, I just... I keep my life uh, private, you know, because I don't need to to share different things because my focus and passion is really about Business and storytelling and helping others. Right. And if if they don't mesh with me, if if they, if someone is judgmental, then I don't want to work with them. If they're gonna post something on Facebook, I'm gonna just delete them. You know, I don't need to yep. jump in there and start any comment war. That's it's not a big deal to me anymore because I've been bullied. I've been you know people are maybe ignorant or just not understand. And it's and people that say it is a choice, it really isn't. It's something that you strongly feel. And and many of us have gone through the deep emotions of trying to change ourselves yeah which right. which they don't understand like they're like oh just change I'm like you're attracted to who you're attracted to right and right. so it, it was very hard I definitely tried right. to be straight to, to the norm yeah, but then yeah. as the generations have become even more and more accepting over the years I think things really changed when Obama stepped into the house to help support yeah. uh, which allowed people to think differently even the younger generations to help support and so i understand people are raised a certain way and that's totally fine like they can be against this and marriage right. and everything but i'm here to support everybody in a whole so no matter if you're gay straight black white you know whatever it is right <laughs> like,
0: doesn't matter i mean it's like it's just it's no different to me than 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 religion it's like people that 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 judge others for for you know it just it, it if if anything in this world pisses me off, it's probably that, and it's 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 because like, dude, what? And I, I mean, those that are out there thinking that you know they 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 are perfect in every way, and that their way of thinking in life Nobody's is the perfect. only way, those are the most <laughs> yeah. ignorant people on this planet, and and you know they'll die a miserable, miserable, lonely death. So. You know, whatever. I, I, I think the I think you're you're absolutely awesome. And, and I'm, I'm glad that you've you've found your path, the path that works for, for you. And, and so, you know, when so at some point, though, you that your your kitty's back. I see your kitty in the picture again um
1: (laughs) he's over there he got he got he got bored with
0: the conversation a little bit ago and left and now he's he's back he's like all right let me see what this is all about (laughs) um so so um you know at some point along the way though you you um decided to dive into Um, being an entrepreneur. entrepreneur.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so after I finished film school, by that time, I was already a couple years sober. And so I'd really been focused on, you know, building a portfolio and uh, doing video production. So in the beginning, I used to do all the stuff from this, this, the storyboarding to the shooting to the editing to everything. But I knew if I wanted to build a business and really find out what my real passion was, then I had to start delegating and building out team members. And there's totally my cat again. Hey, he's like, I'm going to relax. I love it.
0: I love it. Leave him in the shot.
1: <laughs> He's been through a lot with me. He's gone through. Today sobriety. we have a
0: special guest. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: he came into my life my first year of sobriety, so he was oh, kind of my, my baby that I kind of awesome. took in. He kind of he he took the space of other people. I removed. I yeah. got a kitten instead. <laughs>
0: that's awesome.
1: And so yeah, so what happened through that is I graduated, and um, I my brother had graduated. So I went back to school and he was graduating, even though he's a lot younger than me. He basically, he came out of college being offered a position where he started with Amazon at 84000 Wow. Like, just starting right out of college as a developer. What? Yeah. And so, like, I was like, oh, cool. So I'm going to come out of college and I'm going to be offered something as a filmmaker. You know, I'm like, these people like my reels, like all the stuff. So <laughs> I go out and I'm like applying for jobs and and I'm like, okay, cool. So I get, I get I go to this one company, and they're like, okay, so we can offer you twelve dollars an hour. And I'm like, what? I've just spent forty thousand dollars a year in filmmaking school. I'm like, I'm like, can you do any better? So I started pushing them up a little bit. So I started it still at a lower rate. Yeah. And I, I thought to myself, man, is this always what happens? Like like is it is it cuz I'm a female like I feel like because the the gender wage gap in certain areas there uh, you do tend to see a lot of men taking over even on, in entrepreneurship yeah. um you see a lot of men um within events and stuff like that and and I got to thinking more I was like man I really want to impact more people and build a culture myself but I I didn't do it quite yet but so I got the experience through managing this this company where it started with, when I started there was only eight employees. Yeah. So it was an online educational platform for physical therapists and chiropractors and massage therapy and, and fitness for continuing it, uh, on your online educational videos. Right. But their video, videos were super boring and super long and just like one camera a talking head. And I was like, you gotta cut these up into like 20 minute segments or less. You have to like have multiple camera angles. You have to have B roll. You have to show the demonstrations of these exercises and right. and adjust and shifts and stuff Uh, and I was like you need to throw 3d models in here so they can see like the knee or whatever is going on you know whatever the the muscle or the the body part and they're like whoa and they're like okay cool so like Uh I came in and started doing like the creative vision and helped build them and they're now the number one company within their field and they have over 95 employees now wow they've grown tremendously because I had i uh, been working with them. Last I worked with them was back in 2012. And so basically from there, um, I left, left there and I just, I wasn't really passionate about it. Like I knew I had to do more because I was more creative and I was more about the inspiring and impacting content. Yeah. So I started directing documentaries uh, on the side just for fun. Uh, and so I created a, a couple of documentaries um, and then Um, i worked for another production company where I was a producer for larger accounts. So our clients were uh, Microsoft and Starbucks, but I was in this, this area where everyone was awesome. And then one of the team members, one of the executive producers that was there was completely different from the way she was in the office than on site on a set with Microsoft. And the stress just started going and just like always there and like dirty looks across the room and like mouthing words. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. I, I'm like, well, just come here. <laughs> like stop glaring at me. Like, wow. things like and I, and I asked everyone. So this went on for about four months, four or five months. And I thought to myself, I said, is she always like this? And they're like, yeah, we've tried to figure out how we can bring our stress level down on, on site on set. And I was like, there's no reason for her to treat anyone like this. There's no reason. I was like, this, this is, this needs to be spoken about. And so I just, I, I said like, Hey, what can we do? And it just got to the point where I was like, You know what this is not the culture i want to be around i want to be around people that love what they do are good at at their skill set but can also help work as a team and grow together and so that's where i was like you know what i'm just gonna go so basically I, i put my notice in and i left and i was like and at the time, I was uh, also doing freelance work, so I was working 60 to 80 hours wow. as well. And so I was working with a, a natural cosmetic line, and I said to myself, I'm going to put a proposal together to work with this company for a year that will basically fill my salary and give me the opportunity to work with them, but also find other clients. Right. And so so I went in, and I had a meeting. They accepted my, my proposal, and I decided to work with that company on the side of video production and social media content. Uh, at the time and so that opened my door as soon as i left corporate i didn't look back and so i I, i've never looked back and then i was able to build out videographers in different states because i realized i didn't like doing the shooting i love to direct but i love the pre-production I love the story i love helping people pull out their key message and their visual because a lot of people can't put together the visual behind their story but or even find the right story because brands are out there sharing (laughs) something and you know they're they're sharing the story and i'm like but is that really the the story that's going to connect with the audience to want them to follow you? You right, know, I, right. mean, I, was, I was being told the other day, it, it's as if if you you should have a key message about your product or service or brand or or coaching or whatever it is, you sh- they should feel like it's the cure for cancer. Right. Like. That's how you want to draw on people. Right. And that's what we do through video. And so being able to have that message, but have be able to keep people's attention if it's opening like with a beautiful drone shot. If the the music's like right right, where you're like bumping your head, you know something feels good. Right. right?
0: Like my intro (laughs) video.
1: There you go. (laughs) 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 You know? So so that's what, what I'm really good at is helping people do that. But what I got really passionate about this last year was helping I had seen this, just this idea. I I'd, I'd spoke at my good friend Vince Reed's event, and I love Vince. love lo- yeah. But my friend Allison Maslin and I, we were the only two females, um, at the event. And like, and that's totally fine. Like that was, that, that's the way it was. Yeah. But I thought to myself, man, I want to impact more women to help broadcast their authority through video, through, you know, media, yeah. Yeah. YouTube and from the stage. Right. And so I'm so excited because in October I have my broadcaster authority of it to help empower more female business owners wow. to actually implement those things and people just need to understand that you know it there there's women in the world too and we all help support each other and I help yeah. support all, all my men entrepreneurs as well yeah. but I just see this need to help more women in that low like 1% or yeah. whatever the cents are now right, to help right. them reach their six and seven figures and, and above uh, but be able to do it the right way because they want to influence people but it's all about impacting them as well and so that's what I'm passionate about
0: so so with with the um and you're very passionate. <laughs> I love yeah, it. I love it. Was it
1: was a recharge supplement pills, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> like wow. You know they make decaffeinated brands with just as much flavor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just. No, I, I, my energy's
1: like this anyways. But <laughs> that,
0: that's that's a line out of a movie. I forget what what movie it is. But um, so <laughs> so you know I, I I think you know along the way though. Um, especially being an entrepreneur um, and a recovered alcoholic, and you know everything else, um, you've 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 certainly experienced um, hitting some walls. And, oh yeah, I and, can share. And, it. And, you know, <laughs> and, and we all have, right? Where you're like, man, like, like well, people I,
1: give up too easily in entrepreneurship. Right. And I'm, I'm very much like all about resilience and right. taking action. So when I got out of jail, I thought to myself, "Okay, there's obviously other things that are worse than jail, but that was my rock bottom right sure. in my life." So I thought to myself, "Well, I can't get any worse than that. I like, can't. I won't dwell on that. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. Manifest bad happening." Right. But I thought to myself, "I got through that. I can get through anything." Right. You know, I, I you know, I was in jail and I had this girl come up to me and. And She had just been released out of the state asylum and she got up in my eyes and my first thought when I was in that That thought was I was wearing glasses. I'm like, oh my gosh She's gonna punch me in the face and I'm gonna get broken glass in my eyes like
0: yeah
1: I got through that situation. I'm like I can get through anything
0: yeah. <laughs> well, like so, that. so when when you when you look at, at your journey thus far um, and you're still you're still a, a baby In my eyes, (laughs) I'll be 50 years old here in a couple of weeks. I can't even believe it. Um, But, you know, so. I
1: look young for my age. What's that? (laughs) I look young for my age.
0: Very. So um, when, you know, and I I only, I did the math in my head. You've mentioned some numbers. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) but, you know, like, what do you think when you look at, the the world as a whole when you look at people not just entrepreneurs but but people um, and entrepreneurs what is the number one thing in your opinion this is about your opinion what's the number one thing that you feel holds people back in life from from reaching that next level for from for coming out for for you know, um, having massive success, whether it's financial, spiritual, whatever, what do you feel is the number one thing that holds people back in life?
1: Mindset. Definitely mindset. Because once you've been able to figure out... People talk about glass ceilings, and I'm always telling people, there is no glass ceiling. You literally need to just get, get that thought out of your head. Um, I think people also get uh, complacent, and they... People, like in the workforce, a lot of people just want stability, right? So being an entrepreneur, I could literally have $4 in my account to buy a coffee, and I'm like, oh, man, now my back's up against the wall. And I think to myself, okay, what do I do to continue my journey so I don't have to go back to the corporate nine-to-five? Like, that's my way of thinking, but not everyone's like that. And then people have uh, families and children and people to feed, so a lot of things happen. The mindset, though, is where where everyone's held back. When I when I first left corporate and I found the entrepreneurial space, um, I had gone to Nick Anzoris Life on Fire years back yeah. and I was like, "What is this life?" and then Tony Robbins and all these things and I'm like, "What is this?" Like cuz I wasn't really introduced to it until later in life. Right. And then, and then so here we are breaking boards and walking on glass and I'm like, "Oh, that was easy." Like like these things that hold us back, it's, it's all in our mind and then just you know, obviously you have to ask for support and I think mentorship is very important going along the way. So yes. every year every year if, if you invest in a mentor, if you have the same mentor, I'm the type of person that likes to invest in different areas each year because I'm like, okay, great, I, I learn from this mentor. Now I want to learn how to implement this part of my business. So I'm going to talk to somebody else to have a fresh new start or uh, not start, but perspective on what I need at that moment. Right. And so, yeah, my mindset is, is a big thing for everybody in the world. Like that's really what holds people back in, in my opinion.
0: And, and I, I, you know, something else that you said in there, um, stands out, <coughs> excuse me. And I, I apologize. There are the um the gardeners are here mowing and weed whacking and and it must be a different crew because i've already said like do not come by my window between 11 and noon and and they're out I don't know wait. So.
1: Hey guys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're out there. I hear them. So if you guys hear that my apologies, but um you said something else in there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um about mentorship and I was telling somebody yesterday literally yesterday I was telling somebody that you know you like and it's somebody that that um, I can tell wants to get sober and and doesn't know what to do and 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 what you know thinks that that he he can handle it on his own Mm -hmm. And, and, (laughs) and 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 I said like look man you got to get around other people that are that are, are recovering. Like it's it's not if if you could do it on your own, you would have. Your best thinking got you right to where you are right now. So you know um, you you, you got to get around people that can help you, and that doesn't just apply. To, it's in all
1: walks of it's, life
0: it's everything it doesn't everything, matter what it is not just
1: entrepreneurship yeah. yes exactly like it's, people need mentorship in yes. in whatever area of life that they may be struggling with if yes. it's even if it's counseling yeah. like it, there's people need to think of it that way like if they're struggling with something, or someone's depressed, or can't figure something else, ask for help. You ask know, do the help. do the research. We have computers and Google and
0: <laughs> right, I, and Facebook <laughs> and social media. I mean, the the answers the the answers are out there. The, and and you know what? They're not just out there. They're in there too. And I learned that a long time ago when I started meditating 15 years ago. So. You know, and I do it every single day of my life. So it's 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 one of the most important things in the world to me. Um, but you know the you know, I think what happens though is people do um, get stuck. Um, mm-hmm. They 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 face a situation where maybe and and I bring this up in every show because I love hearing you know everybody's perspective on this. But um, you know, you got somebody that their electrics getting ready to be shut off, their cars getting repo, they're maybe getting evicted or losing their home or they're you know facing their fourth DUI. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> or, Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that's it. So, <laughs> I'm kidding. <clears throat> dismissed. Me. Yeah. But, you know, maybe they're they're facing something where they just feel like I I can't I can't um I can't, I don't know what to do. I can't, I can't figure it out. I have no money. I have no hope. I have no nothing. And they, they call you up and they tell you this sob story. Um, What, what do you say to them? What do you say to that person that's right there? That's, that just can't, can't, can't make it.
1: Well, first I would pray for them. (laughs) If not with them. Um, I think people need to step out If it's somebody, if it was somebody that I could literally physically meet with in person, I'd probably just go take them for a walk or treat them to something that day that makes them feel like they're not held back by my money or take care of them or take them a coffee or just calm them down in a sense of like, this is, you know, this is life. Like we all, and then I, I usually end up, um, like even these things and thoughts come across with like people I know or family and then I just say, you know, who is it that's close to you in life that would never let you down? Like, who is it, like, if, if you were losing your house, where, who could you stay with for the time being? What can you do? Do you have, um? do you have a job at this point? Like, what is it that, that literally asking them the right questions to help them realize that they have a support system around them, right? And then, and them to like think about who that really is, you know, because we we all do have support systems. If 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 we don't, or if they don't think they do, then I sit down with them and I ask them questions to figure out who that would be, and allow them to think about, you know, the things that are going on in third world countries and how, you know, there's poverty and things going everywhere. And it was in- intriguing to me. So my mom went to Mexico last month for the first time. And I was like, it's not completely extravagant. Like they're dry. They were driving down yeah. to this Resort, and I said, You're going to see something completely different, mom, like something that you're not used to. Because she had never really traveled out of the country um, and just has always seen America and freedom and everything. And it got her thinking when she came back, she was like, Wow, I've never seen anything so 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 sad in my life right? and I, I was like just be grateful that you actually live in a country that you are able to have support and systems so just being able to kind of open people's minds that, that there are people that are far worse off situations and how we can help Fix it in the time being, but also put a plan together to help them. You know, on the next step of it, who is it that I can introduce you to? And that's why I think it's very important, even in business. I tend to make meaningful introductions to the right people and when because I'm listening to somebody's story and needs of, of what they need at that time. Because uh, good people, you know, connect with good people, and then you're going to help them from there. So
0: that's basically how I would talk to somebody. Wow. So so you know, I, I think that, and we're, we're coming, we're already coming up to the end of the hour already. It's insane. Um, Bonus
1: time. No, just kidding. <laughs> I know.
0: Wow. It's, it's gone. It's gone so fast, but, um, you know, the thing, the thing that, um, I think the thing that, that, that keeps people stuck, you know, and, and you've been there, I know I've been there and, and it's that, that fear of what everybody else is thinking, what well, everybody I think the else fear
1: is, is like a, a fear is a huge thing that people like. It's all in in your head. Like it, it's always there. Like I'll, I'll share a quick story. So, I'm the type of person that in emergency situation, I am the fight versus the flight, and yes. so I figure out exactly. I'm a troubleshooter. Like it. They and when I worked in positions, they used to call me trouble troubleshooter Tamara yeah. because I. I automatically think what do I have to do right now to fix this to get to where I want to be. An example when I was uh, filming my last documentary inspired by 11 entrepreneurs we were we decided to drive from Seattle big mistake drive from <laughs> Seattle to Los Angeles to oh. interview my <laughs> wow. We were like oh we'll just take make it a road trip right? So my car broke down on the border of Oregon and Washington. Oh no. And I was like, oh my goodness gracious. So we're supposed to be there the next morning uh, to interview Michael Parrish-Dudell, the author of the Shark Tank books. Wow. And so I'm like, okay, so most people in their thought like, oh my gosh, my car broke down, I'm not gonna make it, right? So here I go into this thought process of, what do I need to do? Who do I need to contact? I'm like, don't have like Google or like, I'm just trying to figure out. So my car's overheating and I look it up and I'm like, okay, so there's a gas station, like seven minutes down down the hill so i had enough water to make sure so my my pump had burst wow. um, so i had leaks uh, popping up oh i didn't my know God. it had a leak <laughs> so I'm, i get it to cool down we coast <clears> down I, I literally call i'm like okay what's it's a sunday right and so i'm like i'm like nothing's open i'm like okay i got in t- touch with a tow truck so got a tow truck to come get we're up in ryrecka like yeah. nothing out there right, right. so i'm like okay. i was like okay so i need to do this we need to get here and we have like about a day to figure this out so we get there. I said, hey, can you drop us off at a hotel that's closest to a car rental and blah, blah, blah. Like I'm just right. that type of person that figures out to connect the dots to be able to get somewhere. So we made it happen, dropped us off, uh, called the, the the place that wasn't open. We're like, my car is there. Please fix it tomorrow. And we rented a car, left first thing in the morning when it opened, drove. We were there. We got there at 2 a.m. and we had an interview at 8 a.m. Wow. Like, so awesome but I make things happen and people need to understand that they can make things happen occasionally things don't happen but I've gone through situations where people miss flights and and they're like oh I missed my flight so I can't make it right I would be like I'm gonna make I'm gonna figure out how can I get there okay I'm gonna be a little bit late but I'm gonna make it because I'm committed yeah so like that's the way that I think and the most people don't think like that but I always push through and that's how I'm able to build relationships and keep clients and keep people happy because I'm staying on track even no matter what obstacles or bumps come in the way. Yep. And that's just <clears throat> the way I think now after I got out of jail and all these things and started my own business. I didn't want to go back to corporate. And I've seen people in entrepreneurship go back to corporate because of the stability. They, 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 they can't make it work or they can't figure it out. So, and they get depressed. So I, I
0: have, I, I tell this, uh, ver, you know, the this story, basically, I, I don't think I tell the whole story, but, you know, I, I had when my wife and I met, I was working out of my house and just a freelance web designer guy, right? And, and um, my, my wife has, you know, she was the global VP of marketing for, for these $500 million a year companies. And, you know, she's got all this unbelievable creative marketing experience and so you know she's like well let's get an office we need to have a real office and I'm like yeah I don't really want the overhead but any long story short I hired an employee a graphic designer and and things are going along fine and then one day I couldn't pay him and and I'm like and it was only like $500 a week. And I'm like, I can't pay him. Oh, my God. I can't pay him tomorrow. And and so I call up this friend of mine that, that has been through it. I mean, been through it. And he now does, I don't know, $100 million a year in business. And I said, um, I called him. And I said, hey, I'm not calling for a loan. I'm calling to ask you a question. And he's like, okay. And I go, what's the secret? Like, I I, I don't, like, I can't pay this guy. And and he's a good kid working for me. And I, I don't have the money to pay him. And, you know, and in that moment, when things like that happen, you get that, oh, I don't know if you do, but I do. Like this overwhelming sense of oh my god I don't have enough money and I'm never gonna have it. <laughs> like, like, I'd be more like okay now what do I do right now to figure right. out how to pay him? Right, you know? right. And I'm and I'm of course thinking that, but you know and and this guy tells me he goes Ken there there is no secret. He goes if you want if okay if you want a secret here it is. He goes, and and he told me he's like look. I had employees, I, I had over a hundred employees, many times I couldn't make payroll. And I'd call them in and say, hey, I can't make payroll this week, we'll catch you next Wednesday or whatever, we'll get it, get it taken care of. And, and, and he's like, and a lot of people walked out, said, no way, I'm not working for this company. And a lot of people stayed with me and those people that stayed with me are now all multi-millionaires and will never have to worry about money their entire life ever again. He goes, but when I was going through it, trying to build this up, there were times all four of my credit cards were completely maxed out. I put payroll on, but like, you know, I, I, he said, you do what you have to do. You continue to push, you push, you push. He goes, and if you want to know what the secret is, if there is a secret, this is it. You stay in the ring, you keep swinging, you keep fighting, you keep running, and you don't let that effing tiger catch you. I go, what's the tiger? He goes, it's everything. I go, oh my God, no. Not everything. I love tigers. So, like, you know, you get to that place where it's like, oh my God. But, you know, my first AA sponsor used to say to me, he'd say, Ken, alcoholics don't know the difference between a broken shoelace and a death in the family. Like, turn your projector off. It's broken. Like, quit projecting. It's, it's, It's not... So you know, and I, I I remember I remember that like okay in the moment all I have to do is focus on everything I can do to fix this situation. I can't project mm-hmm. into the future that it's going to be bad. I have to get in the moment and stay present right here, right now, right. That's
1: and that's exactly like how I think, and that's the the hard part is most people wouldn't think about. Um, not speaking for everyone but there are a lot of people out there that would just give up you know it's like uh, i've done all i can instead of asking somebody else like you gave somebody a call yeah right so hey i i believe i trust you you're either a friend or a mentor i'm gonna ask you how you would handle this because we can't always think ourselves on different situations get somebody else's opinion you know
0: yes absolutely absolutely so, um, first off, how, how would everyone follow you that doesn't know who you are? Where would they follow you?
1: Um, on Facebook, if you type in Director Tamara Thompson, you can follow my uh, Facebook page. Okay. Uh, that's probably the easiest there. In- Instagram is at Sirius Take Pro, uh, Twitter at Serious Take Pro. It's basically short for Serious Take Productions, which is our uh, company and, and our website. If people want to look and see what we do, um, I'm really focused right now on uh, creating content to help um, empower more females for our broadcaster Authority event coming up. So if somebody's interested in learning how they can come support that and meet other people that are having that struggle with media, getting themselves on camera, on stage, right. whatever that looks like, that's a whole nother um, project within our company. But yeah, if they look up BroadcastYourAuthority.com, that's something that I'm really passionate about doing right now.
0: And and I, I have a side question. I don't want to forget to ask you this. You know, one of your your pictures that I used to promote this, I, I stole them Marcus. off Yeah, you and Marcus Limonis. What's that all about?
1: So yeah, that's something, so I started watching The Prophet, the second season that it came out, so love, quite a while love ago. It. I love, love that it. show. And, I always kept. I, there was something about him that I literally was like, I I, I could watch it on TV, and sometimes you can just kind of tell that they're just they're they're true to what they say. They are with the way they come across. You know, they really do care about people, and I really love that about him. People process and product people first, uh-huh. and so I've just always followed him in Shark Tank, and so I uh, connected with his team a few years back. And I kind of stayed in this space. Um, he he followed me back on Twitter, and and I got him connected. I got connected with his uh, uh, what you call the gatekeeper? <laughs>
0: nice. Uh,
1: and so nice. I, I had invited him to be on a documentary, which couldn't make it out make it work with the scheduling at the time. But I I kept manifesting this thought that I was going to meet him, and I wanted to work with him and his businesses because of what he believed in. Right. And so um, yeah, I was able to. I was chosen out of over three or four hundred people to um, actually applied to um, have him speak a little bit more about my business and and uh, share some content with him. And they application based they they chose me out of all these applicants to speak with him. Uh, where so I got to share a little bit more about my story and he had a really deep share, story to, to share. So we connected on that level and uh, wow. I stayed in touch with. Team too, and then he pulled me up on stage as well. Uh, I wasn't supposed to speak to the entire audience, but he ended up pulling me up. He's like, "Where's Tamara?" I was like, "I want you to come and share more about what you do uh, with this this audience here." So I spoke to over three four hundred people in one room, and then a few hours later, I spoke to twenty five hundred people. Wow! Uh, talking, t- talking more about my story and business, so I was able to connect with more people, and I was just very grateful for that. And then just be able to stay in his space like obviously we're not like bffs but uh, i do consider him a mentor because i've been able to you know communicate with him through things and just having support there and he believes in my mission so
0: that's that is that's awesome and he that show is incredible
1: oh he's amazing so he's exactly like the the one thing I wanted to say about him real quick, though, which is really cool. So when he walks in a room, it doesn't matter who you are, if you are the AV tech, if you're the producer, if you're the talent, if you're whatever, he makes it apparent to go up to everybody in the room and introduce himself and learn their names. Like he wow. will go, he's he's very kind and he wants to make sure he's not some arrogant man that will walk in and just ignore people. He went up to every single person. There was probably wow. about seven of seven of us and they're ready to go get mic'd up and stuff. But he just comes and looks you right in the eye and asks a little bit about you. And so, and he just went out and spoke to some other people like out in the hall real quick and all that wow. stuff. So it's cool. It's good to see that from people. Yeah. So that's,
0: that's awesome. Yeah. They're, they're always,
1: always be humble. <laughs> right. No matter where level you're at, always be humble.
0: That I totally agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. How you treat the janitor is how you will treat anyone. That's, uh, I I love that saying. So, um, well, listen, I want to say a huge, huge thank you for, um, I know it's, it's early out in Arizona, right? Are we three hours different or two?
1: Mm, Where are you at? Ohio? It's
0: it's noon here. 12.01. Yeah. Ohio. It's
1: nine. It's nine.
0: Okay. So it's three, three hours. Well, you know, I want to say thank you. I know that, um, it's early, Ish there, <laughs> um, and and I appreciate you coming on and being so transparent. And uh, congratulations to you on on your almost eight years of sobriety. Um, Thank you. Uh, It's it's an amazing accomplishment. And and it's you know for those that don't don't understand it, they just don't understand it. But it's it's big when your natural state is to not be sober, <laughs> right? So you, so. Where your
1: mind's so much more clear and you're able to focus on right. so much more and it's just your vision in life is just more, you know, fulfilling in so yeah. many ways.
0: So. And, and all of that pain that and, and havoc we wreak, um, you know, it, it, it kind of makes us, forces us almost to, to give back more to the world, so.
1: Uh, and that's that's what... Um, my partner always says like, she's like, you're too giving. I'm like, yeah, yes and no. But yeah. I, I, the more I see with giving, um, the more I see people having yeah. better experience, I guess. Yeah. And so it's, it's one of those things that, uh, I, I know when to put my foot down. That's right, right, <laughs> but...
0: <right>. well, <laughs> so. thank you so much for being on. Really appreciate it. I wish you, you nothing but, but love and much continued success in everything that you do. <laughs> there, I, my little girl does that i, I hurt you my, my my both my daughters do that and i can't figure it out so i don't attempt it um uh, but but the um you know i'm i'm very very grateful that you came on and spent the time with us thank you for your transparency and your honesty and your your big beautiful smile and happiness i love it so um, everybody that's watching right now, if you're not following Tamara, make sure that you, you do immediately. Um, she's an amazing woman as y'all can tell. So thank you so much for being on. Thank you to everyone on Facebook who shared this out and liked it and loved it and, and, and all of that. So thank you guys. And we will, is today Friday? Today's Friday, isn't it?
1: It is. Oh, I was like, what? Half the time I don't know what day it is.
0: I know. <laughs> so, I'm with you. You throw agree. a holiday
1: in the mix and you're like. I know.
0: <laughs> well, I did. Yeah, I worked the whole day. So, But anyway, we'll see you guys Thanks. on Monday. Thank you so much. Tamara, thank you once again for being on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Alrighty, Ken. right. We'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.